you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Welcome to the 100th episode of the Retail Transformation Show. If you haven't listened to this podcast up to this point, then I urge you to certainly go back and listen to the preceding episodes right after you finish this one. Of course, you really have missed some absolute gems of retail insight and opinion from Oliver Banks and a vast array of guest speakers from across the retail sector. I won't start naming all the names because there are just too many and I'm bound to miss out somebody who is uh, truly awesome. So please do go back and look at the back catalogue yourself. If you are a regular listener to the Retail Transformation Show, however, you will have recognised that I'm not your usual host. My name is Michael Grange. I'm the founder and CEO of Parker Vise. And seeing that as this is the centenary episode of the Retail Transformation Show, we're going to do something a little different today. Instead of having Oliver Banks host the show and ask the questions, we're turning the tables around and we're going to put him under the spotlight for what I'm sure is going to be a fascinating discussion. So let's get started. Oliver, or Ollie, as I'm going to call you, welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. Hey, Michael. It's a bit weird. It's like being invited into your own house. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Don't worry. I've made myself perfectly comfortable. (laughs) Put the kettle on. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. Great. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And look, this is going to be a great opportunity for all of our listeners actually to find out a little bit more about you. So I'd like to get cracking and let's start with finding out a little bit more about the real Ollie Banks. So tell us more about you. What's shaped who you are and why do you do what you do? Well, that's a really good question. I suppose let's go slightly bigger picture and say, what is it that I do do? Well, I help retailers to transform and to evolve and to deliver changes to help them stay competitive and stay in business. And the reason I do that, Michael, is frankly, it's kind of improvement and transformation is embedded. It's a deep part of me. It's something that I see happening in all aspects of my life and have always done, actually. You know, I love making changes and improvements to really breathe new and long life into something that is existing. Okay. And whether that's a particular focus on the retail industry, or whether it's uh, the home renovation or renovating up a, a hundred-year-old house. Yes. It forms a number of different parts. My background was actually originally in engineering, mechanical and systems engineering. So I've got a, quite a logical approach to things, but I like to throw in a bit of left field thinking as well, which is uh, another sort of key part of who I've feel I am. Yeah, no, that's good. And I've certainly been keeping up to date on all your uh, renovation progress on LinkedIn. <laughs> I've seen many, many videos creating a tenuous link between uh, DIY and retail. It's well worth looking at, actually. If, anyone, if you're listening to this and you're wondering what I'm talking about, go and search up Ollie on LinkedIn and, and take a look at what I'm talking about. So usually what people have, Ollie, is there's something in their life that has shaped them, something quite profound that's made a difference to them as, as an individual, maybe in their life or their career. Um, so what is it for you? What was the single thing or, or was it a person or an event that's really made you who you are? Tell us more about that. Mm, it's a super question. Uh, you know what? I, I don't think there is a particular single person that has really defined me or single moment. There's been a whole number of different people, different moments that have really, you know, set up this sort of rich tapestry that has 
formed, I suppose, my perspective, my experience, my background, my approach as well. I like to think there is a huge amount of value to learn from lots of different people. So, yeah, understanding different lessons, different snippets from moments, individuals and perspectives is something that's really important to me. And I think that's certainly helped to form me. So whether that's in all parts of my life, from home life to retail life to, you know, my, my prior engineering background and all, all of those different elements have kind of come together. That's good. That's good. And it enhances, I guess, and enriches your experience and, and, and who you are. Mm. It gives you lots of different facets and per, not personality, so to speak, but lots of different facets to... Uh... <laughs> I've borrowed a personality from lots of people. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. That's where my rubbish jokes come from. <laughs> and so why retail? I mean, we, we, you know, we listen, we tune into the Retail Transformation Show every week. You and I met, in fact, we worked together at Tesco mm. for a number of years. Um, so what is it about retail that fascinates you so much? How did you arrive here? Well, it's an interesting one. So uh, like I say, I was originally in engineering and I came into retail in 2010. So 10 years ago, just over 10 years ago now, which isn't actually all that much time compared to some people that have, have lived and breathed retail their entire life. For me, when I was in engineering, I wanted to I wanted to move industry and I looked at lots of different industries and I wanted something fast paced and much more customer focused. So surprise, surprise, retail fitted the bill. And I particularly love it because it, it's an industry that touches so many, many different people, not just the customers that shop in a retail business, but also the people that work in it, the suppliers and all of those environments that actually form this really big network and obviously all the families that depend on on that whole supply chain i suppose it's it's a really massive thing and it touches so many different people and it's such an important part of people's lives yes that it, it fills me with real excitement i can see that it's a very everyday thing isn't it retail in terms of a, a sector mm. and everyone can relate to it and and I think, yes, lots of what you're describing there will resonate with lots of the listeners. They'll get that about retail mm. because it is one of those things that once you're in, you get drawn deeper and deeper into wanting to make a difference uh, yeah. for all those people that you mentioned. It's interesting. So it is, everyone has an opinion, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's complicated and simple to do retail. On the face of it, it's very, very simple. But when you get into the nitty gritty, it's insanely complicated. <laughs> It is. And I guess that's where your engineering background helps you to sort of almost dissect that complexity, right? I mean, there's, mm. I, I know you're a, you're a Lean Six Sigma black belt, but there's more than that, you know, just this ability to understand the more abstract concepts of, of the, the complex situations you might find yourself in, in, in uh, looking at retail transformation, for example. Exactly. And operating models form a, a large part of my focus. And yes, I very much put that back down to my sort of systems engineering background, looking at actually different functional elements of a mechanical system and actually how does that relate to the very much more flexible and agile elements in a, a retail system should we say that's very good so that's that's great thank you for telling us more about you and, and no doubt there'll be more that uh, we'll reveal in the uh, in the 200th episode of the retail transformation <laughs> show which i'm very much looking forward to we'll explore that in more detail I have to dive into elements like my first foray into e-commerce and my, my previous mobile bar experience and all this sort of stuff. Lots more to uncover. More. <laughs> Stay tuned. Maybe, maybe your listeners can uh, get in touch with you directly if they'd like to explore some of that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. 
Well, let's take it a little bit further forward and a bit more into retail itself now. So something that's very current, it's going to be on a lot of people's minds in terms of uh, what's happened to retail and the, the huge impact that this has had. So the pandemic, I'd be, it would be remiss of me not to mention this. So we, that's obviously had a tremendous impact. Before that, we had the recession. We've also had multi-channel and non-channel adoption going on. Listen, there's been a lot of change going on in retail. Lots of things have been happening. How has retail responded to these events, in your opinion? Well, I think there's a bit of a mixed bag. Of course, we've had some really sad news of a number of different brands that have fallen by the wayside just over the past 10 years. You know, the likes of Blockbusters and Commerce and BHS and lots of other ones as well. You could spend a long time, unfortunately, listing those out. And there have been lots of brands, unfortunately, that have been sort of yo-yoing in and out of, of trouble for a long time. So there's been a lot of struggle, but there's been loads of great points as well. I think we've never been serving customers quite as effectively as an industry as we are right now in terms of, you know, you look at the pandemic and how retail has responded to serve customers to step up and look after its people. And for me, as, as someone as part of the industry, it makes me really proud, to be honest, to, uh, to, be, to be in this amazing, amazing place. It's funny, isn't it? I guess for consumers, there's been a greater focus on what retail provides at its core. But as you're describing there, the retailers themselves have responded to this by also focusing on that core thing, that core thing of providing products, providing great customer service. Would that be a fair reflection of how you feel? Yeah, absolutely. It gets right back down to the core of retail. I see retail as two very simplistic loops, a customer loop and a product loop. And perfect retail happens when those loops meet at the right time in the middle and they mesh together and they continue on. So the customer loop is going all around sort of building awareness of the brand and marketing and building that relationship and obviously the purchase point as well. And then also after the purchase as well. Meanwhile, the product takes in all of the supply chain side from sourcing through obviously distribution into stores or through fulfillment centers, etc., And then obviously the return loop and sustainability, recycling and all of that different element as well. So when those two loops are working together, that's when retail just clicks. Yeah, that's very good. And we've seen lots of retailers that have struggled. They haven't quite got those loops right. They haven't meshed that together in a a perfect sense. And I I don't really want us to talk about those uh, right now. What I'd like us to just focus on for a second is those that have done a great job. So who do you think has really meshed those two loops together very well? I think in the last few years, there have been a number of different examples. Um, I'm a big fan of Amazon. Uh, A a lot of people aren't. I know that. (laughs) Um, Particularly (laughs) particularly in the retail industry, uh, you know, Amazon has frankly done a lot in terms of really upping the game. You know, everything from Prime through to their massive range, through to all of the different propositions. Yes. And really their ability to ruthlessly, efficiently, consistently do what they promise for customers continue to deliver time after time and that earns trust which of course can only be a good thing of course and obviously it's a a massive company but they've really pushed the game forward they've they've developed the industry and they've caused a lot of people to step up and obviously they've caused a lot of uh, unfortunate incidents as well in terms of cases of alleged sort of mistreatment of their employees and taking people's markets and uh, putting people out of business, etc. Yes. But that ultimately also is 
kind of the business environment um we, we it's call part it of the evolution right i guess yeah, in, it's, in terms, yeah. It's survival of the fittest um darwinism as uh as, as some refer to it so i think amazon have done a cracking job okay i think the direct-to-consumer brands recently have done a, a brilliant job as well the likes of nike adidas apple lego all of those companies have really done a, a, a brilliant job of listening and connecting with their customers and giving them the proposition that really does excite people, causes people to come back. And it's an exciting place. When you look at, say, an Apple store or a Lego store or something like that, it's an exciting place that people want to go to. And that is ultimately the real essence of retail. People want to go shopping. They want to go and have fun. They want to be able to get what they want. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Yeah, Yeah. Make a purchase. You know, all of those sort of basics in terms of Good pricing, good availability, good standards, et cetera, et cetera. And, and you talk to lots of big retailers, right? I know you, you're, you're still very well plugged in uh, to all the big retailers, not just in the UK as well. So what are you, what are you seeing of those successful retailers that have, have coped with all these challenges over the past uh, 10, 15 years? What are you seeing? Is it all about great leadership? Or are these kind of good ideas about how to evolve the business, whether it's, as you say, the Amazon, the Apples, whatever? Are these ideas coming from somewhere else in those retail organizations or is it leadership? Where, where do you see this coming? I think there's lots of different elements. Leadership, obviously, is, is a key part of it. If, if you don't have that leadership function that is working and driving the business forward, then you know, it, it, it falters. But at the same time, if you only have the leadership, then the business still falters. Yeah. So it's a part of it. And, you know, it, it is a complex system, a, a retail business where thinking about my systems engineering background, <laughs> the leadership is one piece of it, one module in that system. Yeah. So there are lots of different elements. Really, this is the whole operating model. So it's a, it's a well-oiled machine or it should be a well-oiled machine. And if any of those elements are not working, that's when problems start to happen. And it could be in any particular area, right? Sure, sure. And and do you have a view of how retail as a sector sits against other sectors in terms of the productivity of the workforce, customer experience and engagement, digitization, customer service? Have you got the kind of other examples of other sectors where you maybe think they've done not quite so well, or perhaps they've adopted some of what's been done in retail. Mm, well, I, th- I think it's interesting, and particularly over the past few years, I think actually retail has increasingly taken the lead yes. across many different industries. So technology has been one of the key trends that has happened over the past few years. Yeah, We've seen unprecedented developments happening. Yeah, And what that has meant is actually consumers, people have led that charge into technology. Yes. It's not actually been the businesses who have traditionally been able to, frankly, afford the technology, but now everyday people can get an iPhone or any other smartphone, and it's an incredibly powerful piece of technology, or you know, whether it's home automation and smart home systems, et cetera, et cetera. Much more accessible, isn't it? It's so much more. And so people are driving this change, not the businesses. Right. And who are the people talking to they're talking to retailers they're going to experience retailers so when you know there was a a place a few years ago where actually people customers were better equipped with more knowledge in front of a store colleague than that store colleague had because they could just open up google look at the reviews look at the features and functions blah 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 yes (laughs) it's like well hang on a second so retailers (laughs) had to respond quickly and say actually how do we 
arm our people, yes, our store teams, with the right technology that allows them to have an effective conversation? How do we use technology to be able to serve customers in a really effective way? Yes. How do we use technology to be able to step up and you know meet the the Amazon effect, for example? It's quite interesting, isn't it? What you're saying there is that actually it's consumer-driven, some of this change, Absolutely. some of this evolution. Absolutely, and I think it will continue to be so as well. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably why we haven't seen quite so much of that um, evolution in other sectors. Not to do them a disservice, but at the end of the day, there's a, it's a very different driver for those other for those other sectors, whereas retail has got uh, an ever-evolving um, set of consumers, you know, younger people all the time coming into that retail space with uh, with disposable income, and they're looking to engage with brands, and it's it's up to those brands to find uh, new and exciting ways to bring those customers in uh, and uh, and get them obviously to buy products. Mm, exactly. So uh, back to you for a second, then. So. Where's your future? What do you? What does your future look like? What is the future for for Ollie Banks and uh, and OB and Co? What's, what are your plans? So you know, I I reflect back on one of the managers that I had um, back when, when I was actually in engineering. And what's your what's your five year plan? And I said, I don't really have a five year plan. I'm going to sort of go where I go. And he said, No, you've got to have a five year plan, and you've got to have a ten year plan as well. Otherwise, you'll never get anywhere in your career. Anyway. I would have never have predicted <laughs> the past five years mm-hmm. or the prior five years. I actually find every sort of five years, I go through almost a personal transformation myself. <laughs> um, so whether it's from engineering into retail or, you know, from Tesco as an employee into independent consulting or yeah. these different shifts are quite fundamental shifts. And actually, we're at the five-year point now where as this episode comes out, OB and Co is actually celebrating its fifth birthday, kind of fantastic. unplanned, but but it's kind of brilliant at the same time. <laughs> Congratulations! Yeah, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So I I don't entirely know exactly where OB and Co is going, which probably doesn't sound like the ideal strategy. Now that I've said it out loud, <laughs> but I tend to keep OB and Co's plans pretty agile, pretty flexible to the situation and the the opportunities in front of me. Mm-hmm. I view actually the role of the company is continuing to help retailers transform and evolve. And we're looking to disrupt ourselves at the moment. So looking at actually what's going on in the market, looking at what are the challenges facing retailers and facing the retail industry. Yes. And actually, how do I shift our own proposition to deliver and meet that and stay ahead of the pack? That's great. And and, and so that Personal evolution is playing into the evolution of uh, of your business, OB and Co. So, okay, so let's let's turn that around then. So, where do you see retail heading? What does the future for retail look like, and and how will you start to align yourself to that? Well, that is a, a million dollar question, if not a, a billion or a trillion dollar question, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there 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 are a number of different trends that are going on, and actually, despite COVID and the pandemic, those trends haven't actually changed, which is really interesting and really important to to take into perspective. So I see it as sort of five big categories of of trend going on. So firstly, around consumers. So we as humans, we have this sort of tendency to bucket people together. How many times have we heard the term millennials or Gen Z and all that sort of stuff? And continually as humans Mm -hmm. in our collective buckets, 
the older generations look down on the younger generations and moan and complain at how awful they are, etc. Right? Um, we've we've <laughs> all done speaking. it. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality is, young people have less responsibilities generally and commitments, yeah, and different perspectives and different ideals. And you know, as they grow up. And start taking, you know, bigger jobs and families and wanting to get into the property market and all that yep. different thing, things change. So I think whilst we do have different consumers, I don't want to pin too much on the, the classic bracket. Sure. But we've got this really big shift happening in as much as different perspectives are coming out much more. And I think we're yes. understanding people a lot more in terms of attitudes and perspectives rather than age group and gender yes yeah so i think that's the first big trend that's happening and i think that's really exciting because we can connect with people much more so it's sort of taking maybe segmentation down to sort of micro level micro segmentation and and i guess that's the thing about retail is it's it's always been looking for the particular nuance in its offering or its products to be able to connect with those consumers those those newer consumers the younger consumers mm. right and i mean you know personalization is the big buzzword actually from many years ago now but um that was certainly the the way of describing that sort of micro segmentation so you see more of that coming yeah definitely you know the the, the next big trend is how we communicate you know over the past few years inspired by technology we have really shifted how we're communicating through social media through Obviously, right now in the pandemic, lots of video chats and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And that's really interesting because we're more connected than we've ever been right now. Yes. But at the very same time, we're more disconnected than we've ever been. As individuals, we feel isolated. We've got more challenges with mental health, for example. Mm. Yes. And I think that's a really interesting trend that, again, is continuing and actually has been accelerated by COVID as we sort of retreat into our screens and laptops and phones and so on yes that's a good a good point and i, and I wonder uh, maybe not a question for answering now but i wonder how retail will play a part in helping to shape some of that uh, i mean obviously when you think about individuals looking at their screens being on their mobile devices their laptops as you describe those are the sort of very obvious touch points for retailers and consumers that's the point at which they can very easily connect any time of day or night but there will be i guess some sort of corporate responsibility perhaps that will come out of that you know if you're if you are having that level of engagement that level of opportunity to connect with individuals then what part do you play in helping to support their well-being Mm. and retailers have got multiple parts to play right because we've got the teams and the suppliers Mm -hmm. and actually how do we treat those people fairly without causing you or you must be always on and always ready to respond to you know, customers or the boss or whatever. Yes. But then, of course, we've got a huge consumer base to uh, respond to as well, who increasingly are wanting to stay switched on 24-7 like never before. And actually, that's kind of leading on to the next trend, which is all about how we live. And, you know, we are becoming increasingly demanding. We're wanting more convenience. Interestingly, we've been focused on urbanization as a a, a sort of residential trend so moving into city centers whether that will shift with covid i don't know i'm not sure that's that could be the one area of these different trends that does reverse around slightly but it is absolutely changing how we live and retail must respond to that because we're serving people 
So the fourth trend is around technology, and that is speeding up. And I'm not sure if you've heard of Amara's law, mm-hmm. and that says we tend to overestimate the effect of technology in the short run and underestimate the effect in the long run. So I think given all of the surges we've had recently, I think we could really see some massive evolution and revolution caused by technology. And obviously that will continue to be well documented, but it will absolutely transform the industry for the better, I believe. That's very good. And then finally, Mm -hmm. finally, the big trend is actually about caring more for ourselves, for the environment and for others. And this is absolutely something that's continuing to develop. We've got to get better at it from a a mental health perspective, from an environmental perspective, and frankly, just from a making the world a nice place perspective. So I'm going for world peace. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. What a a small point to end on. Yeah. Excellent. And any final thoughts before we wrap up? Anything you'd like to share with the listeners on this monumental episode? Well, I I just think it's such an important time for retail because we're we're under huge pressure right now. That goes without saying. There are a number of different companies that were struggling pre-COVID and we're just adding fuel to the fire, unfortunately. Yeah. And that kind of brings us back to, I suppose, the purpose of the show, which is to help the industry transform, to help the industry take on what is going on, build a plan and take action. And I'm just really passionate about that and wanting to help retailers to evolve and transform. And I continue to to serve the industry in that way, making sure it happens with elements like my virtual event, Retail Transformation Live, which was born out of the pandemic, actually, which is an interesting one. And hugely successful as well. I mean, been a great attendance. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's it's kind of gone by wildfire. We've held, held two so far, and it's it's a great opportunity to bring people together, have meaningful discussions, inspire people, give people ideas, and hopefully move the industry forward. Like I say, yeah, fantastic. Listen, Ollie, it's been an absolute pleasure being the host of your 100th podcast um so thank you so much for that but but also thank you very much for uh for coming along and uh and sharing a little bit more about you and where you see retail heading so listen if people want to get in touch with you if the listeners want to get in touch with you how do they do that what's the best way to connect yeah well absolutely firstly let me say michael thank you so much for taking the hot seat <laughs> it's been fun turning the tables and being on the other side of the mic <laughs> for uh, for a bit of a change um i really appreciate it and to everyone listening in as well i really appreciate you tuning in week in week out it's amazing to see uh the effect that it has and i love to hear all the comments and and thoughts and different ideas from lots of different perspectives it's a really global conversation and that that's the thing that actually has taken me slightly by surprise in as much as the retail industry is a global industry yes and we're all facing the same problems across the whole world it's really interesting hearing that absolutely people can get in contact uh, you know my email is oliver.banks at obandco.uk mm-hmm. of course people should tune in to lots of different episodes i um, might want to check out episode 99 featuring our new host (laughs) (laughs) that's a particularly uh, good episode (laughs) indeed indeed if you are a retailer if you are looking to make a transformation and you're not quite sure how to go about doing that or you need to rescue a transformation that perhaps isn't quite going to plan then i would love to talk to you and help you out because there is so much and 
frankly, we are on thin ice as an industry. And I don't want to see any brands going under or facing the challenges that they do because it does affect so many different people. And that, as I was mentioning earlier on, is something that I'm just really passionate about in the industry, helping people and helping serve people and make a fun place. Yeah, fantastic. That's great. Well, listen, I I would certainly urge everybody to get in touch with you, even if they've just got a question or want to discuss any of the points you've raised today. So uh, listen, again, thank you very much. And um, I shall uh, I shall sign off here and, and hand the baton back to you for the uh, 101st <laughs> episode, which I'll be avidly listening to. Super. Thank you so much, Michael. Take care.